The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. More conniving than Chris Paul, but not nearly as well paid. It's the Hoops and Hefeweizens podcast. I'm your host, Don Denham. You can find me at Don underscore Denham. With me today is my fellow Mavs fan for life. You can find him at Reddit Mavericks, Ruben Tomas. Good morning, sir. Hey, man. Uh, you know, I'm here. Hey. No day to record. So. Happy that you're here. And we got a <laughs> yeah. special guest today. It's one of the first times we've done this since I've been hosting the pod. You may know him from bibscorner.com as well as his excellent podcast under the same moniker. Mike Bibbins, welcome to the pod, sir. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We're going to get, uh, we'll be riding nerdy and talking about all the basketball <laughs> stuff, man. You're one of my favorite basketball analysts and Twitter follows. Uh, it's it's an honor to have you on here. So uh, we're we're gonna talk biz. We're gonna talk some basketball. Um, so first question I want to ask you, like, how what was the whole bubble playoffs experience for you? Like, how how did you feel as a basketball fan watching the whole thing? Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, it's an honor to hear that. Um, first of all, Thanks. and um, as far as the bubble basketball experience, um, man, when, when I realized that we were gonna end up matched against the Clippers. Um, you know, expectations were tempered at that point. Uh, <laughs> for me, I just wanted to see Luca show out and basically prove that he's not just a guy that's going to put up gaudy numbers in a regular season, but that he is a winner. And I think he, he definitely proved that uh, in that series. Uh, it would have been nice to see KP make it through the entire series uh, so we could see them together and go out on our feet. Um, but I think the fact that he went down actually showed us more as far as what the ceiling is for us and i think expectations going into this coming season are going to be through the roof i I couldn't agree more uh i really as much as i'd love to see the the duo of luca and kp at its full potential it was cool seeing uh basically by kp being on the bench we saw the full potential of luca like we we saw the supernova that he is uh that's yeah, after app description there, man. Uh, the how concerned are you about KP's injuries now that he's he's now been with the Mavericks for an entire season injured, like once we acquired him from the Knicks, and then wasn't able to finish a playoff series with us. Yeah, so you know one of my big things for this season, past season, was to to get KP through the season. Um, Apparently, I wasn't specific enough, and I should have said through the playoffs. <laughs> um, but as far as the knee injury, after they stopped pretending that it was this mysterious thing. Oh, yeah, they do, they do that every fucking time. Yeah. It was so annoying because, you know, when they don't tell you what's going on, your mind is going to go to the worst possible explanation. So I'm thinking his old injuries flaring up or causing problems. But when you find out that it's a contact injury to the other knee, and it technically, I, I personally, it, allow, it allowed me to say, you know, this isn't just him being injury prone or his body deteriorating on him. This is an actual injury. 
Um, but it also let me know that my fears of having him play the five are probably coming true because he's having to do things like setting more screens and deal with big players in the paint who are smaller than him and are more likely to cause him leg issues when they fall into his legs and stuff like that. So, uh, it's a double-edged sword. One, good to see him get through. I don't, I'm not going to give him the injury prone label off of that. Uh, to where I think we have to fear him being hurt all the time unless he's having to do a lot of things that five men do. No, that's a, that's a valid point, man. Uh, the the laundry list that is his injury history is pretty upsetting, but I agree with you that the vague knee pain that we're not quite addressing <laughs> reminds me of hockey whenever it's a lower body injury. Now, granted, <laughs> I think in hockey they do that so the other team doesn't target that specific injury. Um, but, yeah, and also meniscus tears seem to be pretty run-of-the-mill. Like, everyone seems to recover from that. You know, it's not like a, right. a, a the dreaded Achilles or the, the long-term effects of, like, an ACL tear where it takes you basically two years to get back to how you – if you are going to come back at all right so awesome man well uh we wanted to to uh, touch on uh, something that you're running over at your your site you have the goat series and uh i didn't see billy goats uh mountain goats were not present (laughs) so i'm assuming you're talking about the greatest of all time specifically with basketball and i'm a jackass (laughs) Um, Well, you haven't seen the top of the list, so you don't know. Um, The Himalayan Mountain Goat might be in the top 25. I don't know. Um, I'm calling my shot. Himalayan Mountain Goat. (laughs) No, but but yeah, the greatest of all time in NBA series. uh, Something I've been wanting to do for probably two years or more. Um, Just, you know, it's constantly debated, always talked about. And me being who I am, I don't like talking out of my ass. So if I'm going to talk about... It's difficult. <laughs> I mean, I've tried it. It, it, it is very difficult. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I wanted to feel like I was educated. Like, I don't, I don't like talking, like I said, based on what I know currently. I want to go do the research. I want to go through the whole history. I want to learn about the guys that I maybe didn't know about as a kid or didn't get to see play. And uh, so, you know, I did. I did the research. It took a very long time. And, uh, you know, now I learned a lot of players that I'd never heard of. I learned stories about guys that I'd never heard of. Uh, There's one guy in this middle batch. I'm not giving out names. You got to go check the podcast for that. (laughs) But there's one one guy in this middle batch who got caught up in a point shaving scandal in the 60s. And he was actually involved in the scandal but he knew some of the people that were. So he was scandal adjacent. And the NCAA, Iowa, he played for Iowa. Likely uh, story, by the way. Oh, hey, I didn't do it, but you know, I know the guys <laughs> that did. I'm just saying. Right, right. So it, it didn't look good for him, but you know, he was never indicted, never arrested uh, like some other guys were. And even the guys that wow. were involved said he wasn't involved. And uh, Iowa initially suspended him, eventually kicked him out of school. Damn, dude. He ended up playing for some league that fell apart like a year after he's played for the, he played the first year one rookie of the year and the next year the league fell apart um, yeah. he ended up playing with the Globetrotters for four years mm-hmm. uh, before finally deciding to sue the NBA because the NBA had actually banned him from the league because uh, even though he never was arrested or indicted they had a rule in place that they would not allow anyone to play if they were even point shaving adjacent 
So if your holy name, shit, dude. Yeah, if your name came up, uh, you were not allowed to play. So they allowed him to enter the draft. Uh, the scandal was in '61. They allowed him to enter the draft in '64 and '65, but because of what he had been tied to, none of the teams were willing to touch him. And so '66, they banned him. Um, he had been playing for the Globetrotters from '63. And after they banned him is when he sued the league for $6 million saying that, you know, he didn't do anything and they were wrong to uh, uh, keep him out. Uh, In 67, his lawyers uh, told him that he should join the ABA, uh, which was just starting up at the time, to prove that he could still ball. And um, Life magazine ended up covering his story and became like a real popular piece and the NBA realized they were about to lose the lawsuit because people were like, how can you ban this guy from the league when he didn't do anything? Right. Uh, he's been punished enough. So I think he, he dominated his first two years in the ABA. He won the lawsuit. And um, the ABA wanted to keep him, obviously, but his dream was always to play in the NBA. So he made the leap, I believe, in 1970, finally. But he didn't get to play yeah, ABA or NBA ball until he was 25. Shit, man! I cannot imagine going in, coming in at twenty-five, like being that removed from like right. real competitive basketball. That's fucking insane. And from an yeah. organization that made very clear they don't want anything to do. With yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, he came in; he was on a mission. Like he's balling from day one. So that's awesome. uh, you'll again check out episode two if you have already seen one, or check one and then two. You'll hear that whole story and uh, find out who that player was. That's awesome. My favorite thing about uh, reading back into old NBA and ABA lore is that, like, you can always tell who's the NBA guy just by, like, how boring his name is versus, like, <laughs> if it's a guy that sounds like someone you want to, like, smoke a cigarette and drink a beer with, it's the ABA guy. Because it's yeah, just it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, here's, here's, like, John Macklin. It's like, okay, that's, that's NBA, dude. We're just like... I don't know, like Boogie McFerguson. It's like that's NBA guy. Yeah, absolutely. Julius Irving. You know, it's like okay, got it. It's like they got the the coolest names in ABA. Um, And also, like, I wish some of those. What was it? Was it the St. Louis Spirits? Was that? Yeah, St. Louis Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, St. Louis Spirits. uh, I'm trying to think of the ones that didn't. My, uh, I'm one. my, My dad's best friend Larry used to play for the Albany Patroons, which we can all agree is a pretty <laughs> terrible name. Like, no <laughs> there were some there were some names, man. There's the Minnesota Muskies, the Pittsburgh Pipers, like there's some crazy names. Okay. I didn't know about the Muskies. That just sounds like damp sex to me. That sounds I don't, like know. Bad. Just... <laughs> I don't know what was going on in Minnesota at the time, so you know. A lot of musk. Um, Apparently. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I got thought thinking muskies, huskies, and then I thought of, I saw this video. Uh, you guys know about like the Iditarod, like which is like the. the yes, the, yeah. The, the wolf uh, pulled. Balto, yeah. Yeah, Balto, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, there is there is something, I, I want to say it's in Minneapolis, St. Paul. It is called the Idiot Odd. And it is a bunch of guys running around in their underwear in like sub-zero temperature going bar oh, crawling. Jesus, and they're like dude. pulling a grocery cart. No. And the idea is that they're going to each of these bars to get canned goods and things for like food drives. 
But again, okay. yeah, and, and they get like free drinks throughout this whole process, but they're just, just like guys basically running around as if they are the wolves. Uh, that sounds drinks. very Minnesota. It's yeah, that sounds like, like a yeah, just about as Midwestern as you can get. It's like <laughs> what else you can do in the Midwest, man? Like, uh, think yeah. of crazy uh, drinking games. It's all white people. Imagine that. Yeah, it's a very complicated version of my favorite game called Drink the Damn Beer at a Bar. (laughs) (laughs) As sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, BetOnline.ag. MLB is back, the NBA is back, you know, they're both in full swing, and there's no shortage of ways to get on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Visit BetOnline today to check out all the odds and update sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Bet online, your wagering experts. No, but um, I mean, just to finish on the GOAT series thing. Sure. Um, you know, right now the big debate is Jordan versus LeBron. Sure. And I've kind of changed my tune on the whole situation. Like for the longest time, it was like. Oh, what have you? LeBron can't touch Jordan. <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> LeBron. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk Jordan Lebron then. Okay. So, yeah, so you said you said you've changed your tune to Lebron then. Yeah. No, I have not changed oh. my tune. To uh-huh. I am more okay. open to the conversation, however. Okay. Uh, okay. Shut it down. At uh, as soon as somebody says it, but you know, I think that seeing Lebron fail so much has kind of soured me to the idea of him being the goat. I didn't get to see Jordan fail, so. Uh, Again, I wanted to do the history. I wanted to do the knowledge, and I, I like the way that the list kind of came out. It, it there's some interesting people in interesting places. I'll say that, and some guys did not make the top fifty that you're probably expecting to hear. So, so is this uh, is this fifty to one or, or like? Yeah, I'm going fifty to one. Fifty to forty one is the first episode, okay. and then forty down to twenty six is the second episode. Gotcha. Okay, I was about to say, like, man, that's a lot of episodes of, of basketball. No, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like going Bill Simmons on us, man. Like that. No, is- no, no. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I my whole argument against Jordan, uh, Jordan LeBron, is less that because I think ultimately LeBron is the best basketball player as far as just specs in the sense that if you were to do five LeBrons versus five Jordans, it would cover more ground with LeBrons just by sheer size and like he's not as he's about as physically imposing and dominant as Shaq was but still has the speed and athleticism to match up basically with anybody but for me Jordan was all about he's one of the few people in sports history it's like a Mount Rushmore of guys that are bigger than their sport like there are people that were not basketball people that cared about what Michael Jordan did much like Tiger Woods in golf or uh, Wayne Gretzky in hockey. Like, that's just like, there's some figures that are so much bigger. And it's like, to me, Michael Jordan's the Beatles. Like, the Beatles is not the best band that's ever existed, but they're the one that set the precedent to what, like, they set the pinnacle of what could be, what could a band do? And they did all of that, you know? Being global artists. Exactly. And it's just like, it's hard to be the Beatles twice. Like, there's Zeppelin, you know, there's, (laughs) You know, there's Queen, there's all these great bands afterwards, and I would argue are better bands, but ultimately they didn't reach the same acclaim as the Beatles. And that's to me what Michael Jordan is to LeBron is like, okay. it's not it's not LeBron's fault that he came second. Like yeah. LeBron came first and then Jordan afterwards, but like, it's kind of hard to say like, especially the cultural impact that Jordan's had. I mean, specifically with just, you know, merchandising and the brand. <sighs> 
I have but, so many Jordan shoes, so oh, I yeah, I see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How many Jordans are you at, uh, Rubes? I'm uh I think five and I just ordered another pair. So <laughs> small collection, tiny collection. Hey, that, that's good. Yeah, I've got the uh I got the, the Jordans. They're the, the, I'm saying... the, the one I get from Ross. Yeah. I'm saying I've it's, never it's I've never owned a LeBron shoe. So. <laughs> I think I've never or, I've never had I've never owned a LeBron shoe, so it's like yeah. I, I do I have a freaks to my right, so what's that? Oh nice. So I have a pair of freaks to my right, but other yeah. Than... There you go. There you go. <laughs> I will say Le- LeBron shoes either look really great or it just looks like something a Power Ranger would wear. Like those. Like that's because <laughs> I don't know. There's something the timelessness of Jordan shoes. I don't know. There's like is is there a better sneaker than the Jordan Three or the Jordan One? I I don't know if there is. Like as far as just like yeah, you could wear that with new. You could wear that to a wedding, and I think most people would be like, hey, like. That's fine. <laughs> fifty dollars suit, hundred fifty Jordans. Hey, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like, <laughs> it's like putting no spinners on a Miata, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> regardless, guys, check out bibscorner.com. Uh, check out the Goat series. Lord knows, I'll be reading that. Um, so, this is what I was wanting to get with you a little bit because you've been analyzing basketball for a while. Um, where? where where does your basketball fandom come from? Like how long have you been just a fan of the game and, and watching from the beginning? So, you know, my dad actually, uh, it what made me a basketball fan just in general. Um, he went to the army out of school because he had to have make money, but, uh, he actually, uh, was a state champion in high school in Delaware. Um, let's say two time state champion. And, uh, he got a track scholarship offer to Virginia Tech coming out of high school, and they were going to offer him to walk on to the basketball team where he would have played with Dale Curry. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my dad, like, he played in basketball in the Army. They have, like, you know, games and stuff like that. So, like, growing up, he had, like, a million trophies on his mantle. Um, he was in the Marines before I was born. And he played like some official Marine games against some pro basketball players and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, my dad was a ridiculous athlete, still is actually. Um, and so as a kid, you know, you idolize dad and I wanted to do what dad was doing. So, um, you know, I played basketball since I was three, probably. Uh, I remember the first time I played, I was like six and you know, six year old leagues, they don't dribble the ball and stuff like that. Like I was the only kid yeah, dribbling. <laughs> Yeah, I was the only kid dribbling, and I was, like, mad at the refs. I was like, you going to call a travel? Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> so, Just like, a rig. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're, you're ahead of your time as a Chris Paul instructing basically, the referee to do. Yeah. Like, you, know, you know you're not supposed to walk with the ball, ref. Like, what's going on? And, like, all the parents hated me. Um, <laughs> so I've been a nerd about the game for a very long time. Um, didn't become an NBA fan until probably, like, the – second half of the 90s after I was like eight or nine um you know I had a Jason Kidd jersey given to me by my uncle when I was six but I didn't really know what it was about yeah Uh, yeah. (laughs) Space Jam came along I love that and uh, even though I hated Michael Jordan because I didn't for some reason from an early age I just knew to hate dominance and uh, (laughs) uh you know I was growing up in Texas I hated the Cowboys they were like at the top of the league at the time yeah. Uh, it was it was a whole thing like that that just became my personality somehow. Um, There's gonna be so many kids born now that are gonna be like hipster Cowboys fans. They're like, I want to be a, I want to be a fan of someone that loses a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly. It's a, a completely changed dynamic after 30 years. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, I've, I've been a, a basketball fan for a long time. I've always been a nerd. I actually, when I first went to college, thought I was going to be a basketball coach, um, but quickly changed my major uh, my sophomore year to the more business side, sports management. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I answered the question, actually. I just kind of went off on a tangent. So, I guess the, since I've been, like, hosting a podcast and since I've been, you know, looking at basketball a little bit differently, the main way I change watching basketball is I watch more off-ball than I've ever done before. Has there been a, a way that you've changed how you watch basketball in order to better evaluate certain players? So, what ended up happening, actually, um, you know, before I moved to South Carolina, I was – being recruited by colleges already in like since like fifth grade I moved to South Carolina in eighth grade and I went to a school that was like really small and football was everything like they had won some championships back in the day and they were trying to chase those glory days so then when basketball season came the bat the football coach was the basketball coach also and his players were going to play no matter what uh, I think two, three straight seasons, like other people's moms would complain about my playing time because I was coming off the bench playing like five minutes and scoring 12 points a game, something like that. And uh, like literally I watched a, another dude's mom come across the court and be like, why is that kid like not playing? Um, <laughs> when I was in eighth this grade. Already, yeah, you're already uh, loved by moms. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm still loved, still loved by moms. That never changed. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But, you know, uh, the varsity coach tried to bring me up twice to varsity from eighth grade and ninth grade, but my coach wouldn't let him. And eventually I just stopped playing basketball. Um, but during that time though, on the bench, like I, I made the most of it. So I would do like commentary from the sidelines and like, <laughs> I would evaluate what was happening. Like, Hey, this guy goes left every single time. You know, this guy goes for every single pump fake. Like I just started observing everything and, yeah. I made the most of coming off the bench and, you know, would at least give other people's advice or would take advantage of different things. Um, and that's why I wanted to be a coach, basically. So, you know, being forced onto the bench when, you know, before I moved to South Carolina, I was a starter. I was the guy on all my teams yeah. before I got here. Uh, changed my perspective. It made me watch the game more than I was just out there doing stuff. And it, you know, changed the way my mind works when I watch basketball. I can't watch a game without analyzing everything yeah, and what yeah. everybody's doing so what's your biggest pet peeve of seeing like talented players make a frequent mistake like is that like uh is there something that stands out to you where you're just like god just like you know don't let the baseline go open or whatever you know defensively off the ball ball watching oh yeah <clears throat> yeah like i hate when a guy's just like standing there and his man's like moved and he doesn't realize it the most annoying thing in the world because like my head always goes to you know as a kid being told ball you man like be in a position where you can see the ball and your man on either side of you like if you need to drop lower then do that like and that's yeah that, that's definitely my biggest pet peeve yeah it's basic defensive that's a good strategies. one too <laughs> i know it's showing me all the time dude ball watching is the fuck and i'm you know i'm i'm I've, when i play basketball like a rec league or whatever like i would be the one who would always do that so you know <laughs> i was like oh fuck oh cool i didn't even know what the fuck i was supposed to be doing <laughs> i find myself being the guy that claps a bunch you know like, like yeah, just, hey, yeah good good move good, good. Yeah. pick left yeah that guy's necessary that guy's necessary <laughs> 
yeah, be what you call you know a glue guy, guy that hustles. You know, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> keep, keep the energy up on the team, all that good stuff. I will say that like I so I'm I'm five seven if I'm like standing tall and confident, <laughs> but like like I'm all legs and shoulders. Like I, I tell people I'm a linebacker compressed. So guys post me up, but they don't move. I'm a fire hydrant. That's that's my post defensive. Uh, that's my post defense bag. Is fire hydrant. <laughs> Charles Barkley, I got it. Yeah, there we go. A shorter Charles Barkley. I talk just as much shit, so it's probably about right. Hey guys, just a reminder that if you're looking to bet online, look no further than betonline.ag today. Check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all those welcome back to sports bonuses. Trust me, your wallet and your bankroll will thank you. Uh, BetOnline, your online wagering experts. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. They have the Lawnmower 3.0, which is a premium electric trimmer that also is waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower or in the dark or in the dark shower for you weirdos that are doing such a thing. They also offer the Shears 2.0, which is a luxury four-piece nail kit. It features a tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tweezers, scissors, clippers. Well, we don't like the clippers too much right now, but also a medium grit nail file. Listeners of the show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Rube, is there anything they want to ask Bibbs as far as like how he does things, or are we going to jump into questions? We can jump into questions because you, you already answered all the shit that I was going to ask. Oh, so. cool. <laughs> right on, man. So. Awesome. All right, we got some questions. We got a shit ton of questions. I don't know if it's because I said we had a special guest on or what, but people are like, send us a bunch of shit. Okay. Don't disappoint anybody. <laughs> yeah, they're like, why do they keep asking questions to Matthew McConaughey? Let's see. Okay, so Grace, our good friend Grace, like, Number one fan of the podcast. She yes. asks, hello, special guest. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> How are you, Grace? <laughs> we'll get IT on that. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, we will. Absolutely. And uh, to me, she asks, uh, since it's hoodie season in Dallas now, what's your status on the orange WNBA hoodie? So I wanted to go get it still. Um, haven't been able to. Uh, so my fiance is like, no, we need to get one that's big enough where, like, you know, Cause she wants to wear my hoodies all the time. Uh, and so she's like, I'm gonna make sure it's like a big enough size. And she's like, she likes like really big hoodies, like oversized hoodies. <laughs> and I like hoodies to like fit pretty well. Mm. And so we were just like, it's been an argument that just comes up on occasion. Like, <laughs> hey, like, I'm like, Hey, like they're like 50 bucks. Let me buy one. She's like, yeah, but I want it to be big. And I'm like, no, I want it to be like form fitting. And she's, it's, it's just, it's been a thing. So not yet. Uh, don't ask her about it, please. Cause I don't want to get another argument later about this. So uh, that, that, is, that does bring about a good question. How do you like your hoodies to fit? Like, are you, yeah. yeah so there's like the Kobe Bryant, like tight fitting, or as like, I mean, for me, that's, that's the 2000s emo kid. That's like wearing a girl's hoodie. Yeah. It's just like yeah. skin tight. Cause it matches the jeans. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've thankfully moved on past that, but also like if I wear anything bigger than a medium, anything it just looks like i'm wearing dad's clothes like it just kind of like <laughs> sags off of me um I, yeah. I, I will say like in high school the best like it was the weirdest thing i got it was like a hand-me-down from my cousin and it was an old 
it was an American Airlines like uh like actual airlines jacket from like guys that would load uh luggage like oh, those, yeah. Those, yeah like those weather resistant jackets but it came in with this amazing lined undercoat, but it was big and puffy. So I felt like LL Cool J. It was awesome. <laughs> it was the weirdest like hobo swag ever. <laughs> oh man. Let's uh, see. Next question. This is for all of us, I think. Uh, from Grant. Oh my God, Grant. Who is your favorite NASCAR team that is owned by an all-time NBA legend? <laughs> I don't know. Does Detlef Shrimp own a NASCAR team? <laughs> <laughs> I was um, like, Dirk doesn't own one yet, bro. Like, <laughs> trying to think. There's a guy that used to play for the Cavs. I can't think of his name. It's not Larry Nance. Is there another guy besides Jordan that owns one? I don't think at the moment. I think oh, no, I think there's a guy that's a commentator that used to play in the NBA. Um, oh, really? That's yeah. cool. I didn't know that. Doug Christie owns the number. I can't think of his name. I'm upset now. Like, he's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> hey, when that happens, hey, when that happens, when I'm like, oh shit, like I, I had a name in my head and I don't, can't bring it out. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say Larry Nance, but I don't think that's who it is. You know, look it up. <laughs> Looking up live on live on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> consulting IT on who bought a car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, hit it. There we go. Uh, Brad Doherty. Brad Doherty. Okay. Oh, the huh. team owner actually. He used to be an analyst. Wow. Gotcha. That's cool. I'm going with Brad Doherty just to be different. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Next question is from Lane. What the hell? Sorry. This question is weird. Um, if you try to fail but end up succeeding, which did you actually accomplish? Hmm. I'm not high enough for this question. So <laughs> <laughs> I've had an entire cup of coffee i think if you are attempting to fail you are selling yourself short but ultimately achieving failure so that's like you're achieving something but what exactly are you achieving so <clears throat> but again another man's failure could be another man's success so ultimately <laughs> you can succeed in failing and i don't know when i hear someone go like uh i didn't meet my budgeting goals i'm like cool I'm, fridge is empty. Appreciate that. Like you know, it's like that sounds like sounds like a good time to me. Like, oh yeah. man, you didn't save enough this month. Ah, God, that sucks. <laughs> Jesus. Let's see. Next question comes from Jennifer. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, what are your thoughts on the possibility of the NBA starting up again by Christmas? Bibs, you want to take this one? Okay. Um, you know, I. I think that's kind of tight. Uh, that's that's a tight window, and apparently they need to make this decision by Tuesday, or it's not going to happen. Um, I think they said the the goal date is the twenty second, so I think they have to have, give them an eight weeks advance. Um, I was shooting more for January. Um, I think I said my prediction was that they definitely didn't want to miss MLK Day, um, given what they're trying to do with social justice and whatnot. And I know it's usually a big day in the NBA as well, so. Uh, I mean, we'll find out in the next couple of days, but I'm, I'm not here for Christmas necessarily. Yeah, as much as I, Christmas basketball is one of my favorite traditions and something where it's just like, all right, nothing's going on. I'm just going to, you know, sit back, enjoy darker beer than I normally would drink and watch, <laughs> watch basketball. Uh, from what I gathered, the bubble just tore some dudes apart. Like there are guys that are going to take longer than a normal off season to really re get back to feeling right. And I mean, that was a crash course in basketball, like as far as just like what a human body could endure. I mean, we could tell from all the injuries, but like even the guys that didn't show up on the injury report, 
still aren't doing great. So yeah. I say for the quality of the game and for the, I mean, if you lose as many superstars as we did this playoffs next season, is that really a season? So yeah. Like that's, yeah. That, that's, that's what I would be wary of. So I, I'm all for an MLK day start. Um, at just just a couple more weeks, I think is still fresh. It's like also, I mean, let's face it, guys. Second wave is hitting, and at some point, let's just take let's just take our time. Like we got nowhere to be. The world's gonna right. be done in December anyway, so I don't even know where we're shooting for anything before. Then. Like, yeah, we all all three of us live in states that are you know not taking this completely seriously (laughs) let's face it we're all gonna die at the same time so why not just shoot for later like yeah yeah i think a christmas start date is as much as i love like again the christmas tradition of me like waking up like opening presents and then immediately like avoiding my family (laughs) to go watch basketball all day um you know i just think like it's, it's too soon man like i just you know I just think like even like you know don talking about like the physical aspect of like you know these guys you know bodies breaking down additionally like the mental aspect of it you know like having so many games back to back being away from families like as far as i'm gonna bring that up yeah it's like they aren't gonna they aren't gonna have we're probably not gonna have fans you know if they do start in december like atlanta will have fans (laughs) that that i know i just i mean they don't normally have fans in their arena but oh i guess they, they, they will they will yeah, like oh I just, yeah, I'm just like I'm like, nah, I can't be doing. I don't know. I think, I think uh, a Martin Luther King Jr. Day is like a great like start date. So, all right, let's see. Next question comes from our friend Squish Forty One, oh. and this is absolutely a subtweet to uh, Knicks fans everywhere. <laughs> um, is it hard to tweet while on crutches, asking for a friend? Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, Kristoff sent that sent that uh, tweet that video out. Um, of like I guess him playing against the Knicks or whatever and he just got destroyed by Knicks fans yeah. for it. I will say that just him it's a pretty weird flex to kind of self gloss that way, you know, where it's like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna show my own highlight. I don't know. I don't know if that <laughs> I haven't been following enough players to be like, Hey, do you know who's also good at basketball? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's I'm all for fans doing the like the the beautiful morning like I've seen that song synced up to so many different highlights. And, oh, the Kanye song. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 that's beautiful morning. It's great. Uh, that whole thing and like, but the fact that Kristaps posted his own highlight is really funny. <laughs> I have to feel like somebody sent that to him and he just enjoyed it so much he wanted. He just wanted to share with everyone. That is certainly a much cooler story than him commissioning someone to make that highlight. <laughs> Like I was at work and I saw it and I, I work with kids so I was like oh, I can't have my phone like on loud watching this but I saw it and I immediately saw like random Knicks fans like just blasting him and I was like oh like great video Chris Ops like I knew we're doing well I did I love reading his comments because God people are just so mad still and I'm just like be mad at your fucking franchise man <laughs> like don't man, be mad on, man just let it go I know what the fuck like just go. All right, let's see. Uh, we've seen some Mitchell Robinson highlights that they would like to see instead. I know. As I haven't. <laughs> yeah, I do think Frankie Smokes is a good player, though. So I want him to be good. Like, I want him to be good so bad. <laughs> Not for them, though. I'd, I want to be traded and then him be, like, just amazing. Exactly. Uh, it, it's good for France if he's good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> let's see. Next question comes from Rutuj. Oh, this is a good, this is a fucking thinker of a question. 
Um, like imagine a Final Four type of, of tournament where the top five picks from each year play a pickup game. Only the top five can play, and irrespective of their positions, so the top five picks were all guards. Y'all must play five, a five-guard lineup. So 2019, does, 2018, does, 2017, 2016. Does Anthony Bennett get to play? That's my that's my first question. I think he's no. never. He said the no. past seasons. Oh, past four seasons. Okay. Past four, yeah, past four. Okay, fine. So okay. I gotta look. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I'd have to look. So, so he, so, so, 2019 is Zion, Ja, R.J. Barrett, uh, Hunter, and Garland. 2018, yeah. obviously, Aiden Bagley, Luca, Jaron Jackson Jr., Trey Young. That's a fucking good ass team, actually. That's a. That's I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 2017 is uh, Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Tatum, Tatum uh, Josh Jackson. Holy shit! <laughs> and Aaron Fox. I forgot Josh Jackson was picked that high. Holy yeah, but they're out. Yeah, they're out. Yeah, that one's yeah, that one's not. I think this might and, be a quick series. <laughs> <laughs> and then 2016 is Ben Simmons, Ingram, Jalen Brown, Dragon Bender, and Chris Dunn. I think 2018, bro, just like sweeps that entire tournament. Yeah, there's no way. There's that's, no way, dude. That's yeah, 18 and 19 in the finals. Yeah. 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 I got I got eighteen I got eighteen one in that though I think yeah. there's no yeah, way yeah I'm good. I'm good with that yeah unless like Zion and Jaw just go fucking off but this yeah, question it's... gets <laughs> much funnier in the early two thousands with like Michael <laughs> oh my god yeah we... there's so <laughs> many <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a terrible Su- such a cool name such a cool nickname and just damn it he had yeah, to play for the Clippers yeah. and ruin his career yep let's see. Okay, James. Oh my God, James Grambo, as we all know. Um, I'll even ask. You can ask that. But I have a question. Okay, um, you get one spin on a roulette wheel. You land on red. You get ten years in prison. You land on black. You get a hundred million dollars. Do you do it? One, I am talking to a manager at this casino because this is some weird high stakes shit that I don't think <laughs> anyone should be able to just walk into and make that decision. Uh, two, yeah. I don't fear death anymore. It's fine. Just After go for year, it. Yeah, let's go for it. Ten years well, in I'll... prison. Hey, I got food paid for for ten years. It's cool. You get free dental health care. Yeah, <laughs> like... de- yeah, dental health care. All the male companionship you could ever hope for. Probably more than what you could hope for. So, so James never specified <laughs> if it was like a maximum security prison, or a minimum security prison. Good Ooh. point. Yeah. Like Ooh. he never, he never ever, you know. So, so I would do it. Be American. Yeah. 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 I mean, it could be the blue collar prison where they have like tennis. <laughs> right. <laughs> seen that shit? Or the white collar. White collar. White collar. Yeah. White collar. Yeah. What's like white collar? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, just like, what did you do? I embezzled millions of dollars. Like, how would you like your steak? <laughs> it's like, come on. Dude, <laughs> yeah. I, I would. I would do it. I hundred million, ten years. Eh, whatever. I can get fit while I'm in while I'm in prison. Like, it's whatever. Yeah, Statistically, dude, dude. I got a good chance of going anyway, so yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> God damn it! Oh my shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let's see. Next question is from Cole. Um, he asks, uh, "Would you, who would be the best free agent pickup for the Mavs this off season?" Ugh. Okay, real quick, Bibbs. How often have you been asked this question in different ways? So often that I stopped asking for questions. All right. <laughs> I'm tired of it. I'm not talking about free agency for a long time. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Cole, I think, I think our best option is just to trade for someone really good. Anthony um, Davis. 
Yeah, we'll trade for Anthony Davis. Possible yeah. pickup. He's the yeah. best possible free agent. Yeah, you know, like you tuck that, you tuck that sign back with the Lakers yet. So right. we still got time to <laughs> we still got time to, to to convince him. So there is still time for there to be some sort of weird dramatic dispute between LeBron and AD. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like AD makes fun of his hairline. LeBron makes NBA fun of Twitter the is fucking crazy, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. like a video. Bronny leaks a video of LeBron talking trash about how AD's career doesn't mean anything because he got him his ring or something. I don't know. Oh, it's something, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's some uh, TMZ bullshit that is going to break up the Lakers. It's going to involve Kyle Kuzma somehow. Yeah, Kyle, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's going to be Kyle Kuzma yeah. live tweeting an argument between AD and LeBron and some woman. It doesn't matter who. It's just... Could be LeBron's wife, could be AD's, whatever. It's going to be, yeah. <laughs> Kuzma will be involved because he's trying to get, I don't know, clout. I don't know what it means anymore. He's doing like I, a, yeah. a rapper TikTok or something. You just see <laughs> LeBron making fun of AD in the background. It was like, I don't know. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Next question comes from Ishan. Ishan asks, Would you rather have, oh my God, would you have rather sign Drummond or sign Oladipo? I mean, Oladipo makes more sense for the sake of the Mavs as far as just like having just more wing help. But I think also his where he's the most productive is if when he has the ball in his hands. And like that, I can't tell if that helps us or not because it's like I love just what Luca does on the court. So does that take away from Luca or does that give Luca a break? That's and Drummond's fine. We're not we're not getting into the drum and slander today. No, 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 it's fine. It's just like it sucks because he's his position has been rendered less effective. Had had he started in the year ten years earlier, he would be considered a great. Like I I, I wholly believe that. Um, yeah. Just also the overvalue of rebounds. Like it's cool that you can start a possession over or retain possession, but unfortunately he's been on teams where that possession might as well have not had happened. It's like cool. He's. He's great at sending outlet passes to Luke Kennard, so he can <laughs> Luke mi- Kennard. miss a fadeaway midway j- mid jumper. I mean, it's like... what do you think, Bibbs? Uh, sorry, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think it's a toss up. Honestly, um, both of them would help our roster, and uh, I think Oladipo's injury history maybe swings me toward Drummond. Okay, uh, if we're talking money, then. I don't like his contract, obviously, and if he expects another max, then I don't want him. But yeah, no. <laughs> other than that, basketball-wise, give me drumming. Okay, yeah. All right. All right. I could go either way, man. I'd, how about we just get both? That, just do it. Fuck it. I don't know. I don't know the money situation anymore. So <laughs> This way you're going to be fucking weird. Uh, Cap okay. doesn't exist. It's fine. I know, yeah. It's, it's not real. Uh, anyway, uh, what is – okay, Mavs Network asks, what is your favorite memory from pre-2011 Mavs? I will say I've never been more excited about a bench player than Nick Van Exel. As I remember, that's like the beginning of my fanhood of like the, the Nash, Finley, Dirk team. I've, I've never, that's when I really started becoming a, a, a true fan of the Mavericks, not just like watching starters and just liking the best player. It was just like, I like that dude and what he does. <laughs> and I want that, like he's, he shaped how I think the bench of any team should be shaped. There should always be a Nick Van Exel type where he's a guy that doesn't take shit from anybody and is going to launch threes regardless of how open he is. That's who I want. <laughs> See, my favorite memory is definitely the uh, Ginobili uh, foul 
on Dirk. Zero. That one year in the play. Ah, that show was fucking awesome. What is it on? 2006. Don't say, yeah, that's, just like, that's what got us to the finals, if I'm not mistaken. Don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, so that was like my fucking, that was my fucking like thing where I was like, oh shit, like fuck the Spurs, blah, blah. Like I had cousins, <laughs> I had cousins who rooted for the Spurs because they were the better team, obviously. Or, right. you know, consistently the better team. And I was like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like, yeah, we're, all, yeah. we're all from Dallas. Like just fucking just root for the Mavs. It's fine. <laughs> like we got a really tall, tall German dude, you it, know. It, it ended up being worth it in the long run, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. The 2006 finals run is where mine comes from as well. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that, that rowdy, loud, and proud song. Yes. Like, play that thing on repeat, like, <laughs> constantly. I, I, I could probably still recite some of the lyrics. Uh, it was like Keith Van Horn bar in there somewhere. It was, it was great. Jason Terry is so scary with his headband is on. Yeah. Like, some great yeah, stuff, man. That's a I good one. Damn, it just brought back memories of just like that song. Classic. Uh, all right, let's see. Next question comes from Dave. Dave asks, uh, it's been a few weeks and I'm still mourning Eddie Van Halen. This has happened to me since David Bowie and Leonard Cohen, probably. They're just musicians that have helped shape my life in so many ways. Has there been a public figure death uh, that has stuck with you forever? Robin Williams. That one. That one's the first uh, public figure. I think also by the way he died and what mm-hmm. his whole uh, existence was, which is something that provided so much joy for literally generations and different things. I mean, not just his, you know, his children's movies, but like Goodwill Hunting, like his, his, that's one of the, not only one of the, probably the best supporting roles of all time, but one of the, I don't know, I've always found comfort from that specific character, um, you know, and I don't know if that's, when some i think that also really shined a light as far as what depression can do to a person and how things can seem fine and it, it absolutely is not and i think that brought it to light uh that one still hangs it i think we we still miss him what about you bibs um you know i was actually about to struggle with that question but no definitely it's definitely robin williams like when he died i felt like my childhood died like he was everything uh, for as, as a kid, like his movies, Mrs. Doubtfire, um, was it uh, Jumanji? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everything, like those, I watched those movies a hundred thousand times probably. And so, like, well, one just to to see him how he died at the end and realize what his life was, like it it woke me up, like as an adult to, you know, this is a real person, like that was going through real things. Like he's not just this figure that I've had in my head for all my life. Yeah. Uh, for me, huh? sorry, I was like, I wanted to add one. Uh, Rip Torn was another one that, oh, yeah, yeah, Rip Torn, yeah, because I realized you know, he's Zed in Men in Black, which is my favorite movie when I was like eight, and Zeus for uh, he was the voice of Zeus in the Her- Disney Hercules movie. Oh, was he? Oh, he yeah. was, wasn't he? And he's oh, also uh, Hoops, who, uh, Hoops of Hal. O'Hallahan, what? How do you fucking say that? Uh, for fucking dodgeball. Yeah, the dude from dodgeball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just like I realize, like, wow, he's been a part of my like from like early childhood, mid childhood to teenager. Like this guy's yeah. just been around. Um, and I don't know. That was one. I was like, man, that one actually hurt more than I thought it would. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Ruben. Yeah. So mine is uh, Chester Bennington uh, from Lincoln Park. Uh, it's you know yesterday was actually the uh, so yesterday was the 20th anniversary of their first album coming out. So 
I spun it a few times, you know, just, I was like, oh shit, like, I'm back to being like 12 again, you know, listening to this music. Uh, Crawling I, your skin. I, yeah, you know, again, like, just like the way that he passed, you know, like, been dealing with, you know, and obviously during, you look back to lyrics, like, okay, this absolutely is what he was going through. And he helped me like, just through like teenage angst, you know, like preteen angst, basically, you know, um, that's when I kind of always kind of guess I'm like, oh yeah, he's no longer here and then like you hear like the other bandmates like talk about like what they're doing and stuff like that and you know how you know it just it's one of those things that always gets to me yeah let's see the next question is from uh fico pokey i love this dude's name um he asked uh this will go in for bibs actually uh favorite movie franchise i think i saw that one too yeah <laughs> um all time, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, and I'm probably gonna surprise y'all with these picks. The Bourne series. Uh, oh shit! Okay. Jason okay. Bourne, and then like right now, John Wick is is in that lane also. But yeah, I was a huge Bourne fan. Like anything Bourne came out, I was all over it. Uh, awesome. Watch those movies a hundred times too. It's great. What about you? What about you, Adon? I'm trying to think franchise because, like, to be honest, I'm kind of done with franchises. Like, I, that's <laughs> a, I've just been, I've, I've. I have a fatigue of just like, all right, you should watch one of these nine movies. I'm like, I'll just watch TV. HBO <laughs> exists. Like, I don't need to watch, you know, five different, I don't know. Like, like MCU is really impressive in its scope, but uh, I find I find myself going more towards directors than I do franchises. So okay. one, one that I'll throw out there just to get a, a, a slightly uh, a contrarian pick, uh, Edgar Wright. I will watch anything at Garage yeah. directs. So that's Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Uh, he also did Scott Pilgrim. World's End. Yeah, Scott World's Pilgrim. End. Uh, he also did Ant-Man, but I don't count that one because they basically neutered his director's cut. Like, yeah. Because yeah. like, they turned that into just a generic. The only part that feels like an Edgar Wright movie is the best part in the movie where the guy is just talking about his friend, like him gossiping. And then at, and then Keisha yeah. said this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that guy. <laughs> that feels like an Edgar Wright movie. Everything else was just yeah. generic Disney stuff. <laughs> See, for me, uh, so I'm a huge Godzilla fan, so probably that one would be Ooh, like my all-time, okay. like just the whole scope of like the 30-something movies they have. Uh, Japanese ones. What's so. your thought? What's your thought okay. on the two thousand one, bro? I mean, what? Okay, so they they retconned that that monster and made it into like a its own monster within within their universe, okay. within the Japanese universe. So now it's it's like own thing. So if I watch through that lens, I'm like, okay, cool. This is just about a a random ass big ass lizard that's not Godzilla. <laughs> So, but at the time, I was like, "This, this isn't Godzilla. He's not fucking breathing fire. Like, what the fuck?" Right. Like, totally. You know, when I was like eight or nine, I was like, "This isn't fucking Godzilla." But, um, so it's probably that one or uh, the remake, uh, Planet of the Apes series. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Though, like, I, I love the original Planet of the Apes, and when they're when the new ones were starting to come out, I was like, "Holy fuck! Like, this is amazing. This is way better than I thought I would like ever. They, they needed to be. You know, I was just like." Yeah. It's such a good like like just the overarching theme about caesar and like how he becomes a power and just like how like what happens with like, humanity like how does humanity deal with this fucking virus uh, you know i was like oh damn it yeah the simian flu you know, but, it's, a, you know it's a 
terrible movie to watch right now, Contagion. No, dude. I, I've had friends talk about it. I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm not watching that again. It's, no. it's, it's like, all right, you might as well be watching the news. So Yeah, no, don't. not watching that. <laughs> all right, let's see. Uh, next week comes from Rolo. Uh, he asks, if the Clippers make Paul George available, which team bites? I don't know. I say we send him to NBA Siberia and send him to Orlando. Sounds <laughs> like NBA Siberia. Because, <laughs> like, it's not the worst. Well, I guess, like, maybe, let's see. What would be NBA Siberia? Cleveland? No, it's had too much no, success recently. No, yeah. Um, it probably would be Minnesota? Orlando. Minnesota's probably a good one, too. Yeah, it's pretty cold, cold too. It yeah. is cold, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. The Knicks. It's like... Oh, oh come on. <laughs> I, I said Siberia, super not deep. Hades. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know where, I don't know where he would go. Uh, you know, I, 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 I just, don't know I, if I could handle Knicks fans with PG-13, man. I don't know. That would be... Because <laughs> like, they overrate any player that's, that's in a New York Knicks game. They would make They would make a statue in front of the fucking oh, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Alan Houston's the number one, or the number one, number two that's ever existed, okay? No one else could shoot three-pointers like Alan Houston. <laughs> it's not his fault he got injured, and then we said, gave, him all the, gave him all the money. It's funny because all the teams that I would normally name just, like, change their coaches. So I don't know what those teams are going to look like. Um, yeah, yeah. And or GMs. So, like, the Rockets, the 76ers, like, mm. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. That's such a yeah. There's not enough. There's not enough that we know about what's going on for for us to really also, let's see. PG thirteen on the seventy six just with Doc Rivers is just something that I don't understand. None of that. Makes yeah. Sense. Yeah. No. It's no. a guy that just did not hey, produce for you. He did it once. Okay. Yeah. Did, yeah. Let's see. Um, out of context, Mavs asks, uh, "What should the Mavs do with their NBA draft this year? Uh, we should draft players, in my opinion. Like." Love me some precious. You know, every time. I know you want precious so bad, I want dude. Precious Atruya, just because I want someone named Precious on our team, but also <laughs> like I think he's actually someone that would help us out a whole bunch. Like good lanky defender, doesn't have a bad stroke from three. Um, seems to be what all the mock drafts kind of have him anywhere from the fifteen to twenty range. I'm like, hey, why not take a shot on the guy? Yeah, uh, I didn't. I haven't done any scouting since like March. I had to make some tough decisions. But when I was doing the scouting, I loved Precious Chua. So, See? look at that. Oh, this is, co-sign. This is actually God damn it. why I brought Bibbs on. <laughs> he didn't know it, but this is why. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll just to add something for people that don't do the, like all that research. Jeremy Grant, Precious Chua looks like a potential like Jeremy Grant type of guy. Oh, okay. Look at I'm that. Like, Look at is, that. Okay. Yeah, it's like like I see the makings of basically a, a slightly more energetic dodo. That's what I see. That's yeah. what I see with with Precious. Okay. Yeah. Like. Let's see. He also looks a little crazy, and that's what I like about him. Like, <laughs> see, next question is from uh, Alexis. Uh, she asks, "Is I just a letter, or is it also a word?" It's the most important. Because it is you. No. No. I, no, I no. I tried to try no. being prolific. On no. It. It's just like, no. It's you and no, no. 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 Uh, I'm, I'm not high enough for this question. So, uh, I mean, I. It's Clearly, both, neither am I to give a satisfactory. I know. <laughs> no, it's, it's both, I think. I don't know. I have no idea. 
<laughs> we I got like any... how a lot of your answers to these questions just like, I don't know. <laughs> you got anything to add, Vibs? I think, I think, uh, oh, no. I think you covered it. It's both, in my opinion. Okay. All right, let's see. Next question. <laughs> Next question comes from Ricky. Being a Mavs fan in Los Angeles, there's always there's always billboards of the Lakers, Clippers, all around the county. Do the Mavs have a decent amount of, I guess, billboards? Uh, and what is the vibe when there's a person wearing a California team jersey? P.S. I forgive y'all for threatening California on the last podcast, <laughs> which I don't remember doing. But okay, <laughs> I might have. I don't know. <laughs> I say a lost show on this podcast. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's there's a bunch of like Mavs billboards around Dallas, like, out, well. I mean, the season's done, but like when the season's going on, do you see like the rowdy, loud, proud, you know, billboards? I would see like Luca's face everywhere. I'd see um, Chris Ops's face everywhere. Uh, I believe I actually once saw uh, Ryan Brokoff's face on a uh, billboard, and I was like, "That's fucking niche as shit." Like, that's for me. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> no one knows, no one knows who the fuck this dude is. I don't think, like, unless you're like a real, real like big Mavs fan. So yeah, I feel like uh, you know, it's um, it's whatever. Like you know, we have. They do, do they do a good job at promoting the team here in Dallas. Um, what's the vibe when there's a person wearing a California team jersey? We're like, uh, welcome back. Yeah, like- right? Like, <laughs> yeah, actually, I know, like, I know, like, the Dodgers are playing the World Series here in Arlington. And uh, my dad was telling me, he was like, yeah, there are actually, like, a lot of people who move, like, from California to here. You know, so it just makes sense that they would root for the Dodgers. And for so for, usually when I see someone wearing, like, a Lakers jersey or whatever, I've never seen a Clippers jersey in my life, in the wild. Uh, but when I see people wearing Lakers jerseys. I'm always like, oh, okay, they might have just like moved back or where the fuck, you know, like, whatever. Like, enjoy what you want to enjoy. I'm not gonna fucking rag you because you root for a, you might be bandwagoning a team. Like, I don't I, care. Like, I would say Dallas as a metroplex is pretty. Uh, it's like metropolitan. There's just a lot of different people coming yeah. in and out. And uh, one something that I didn't know, but like in the '80s, with like a lot of the tech jobs that came about with. Uh, Dallas, uh, it's like why there's so much like Midwestern, fam- formerly Midwestern families in Dallas specifically. There's like been a huge migration of that. So like, it's weird. I-, I never realized it until someone brought that up, and I'm like, oh yeah, I have a lot of friends that are just like their dads were all like Big Ten school people, and like it seemed out of place. But it's like yeah, that's where all the jobs came from. So yeah. much like. Uh, the moonshiners and uh, NASCAR drivers going up to Detroit for jobs. It's kind of the same thing, but you know, with money. You got any ad vibs? Nope. Not at all. <laughs> I, I live in South Carolina. It's, it's none of that happening here. What's the map <laughs> scene in, in South Carolina? Yeah. Actually, um, well, when I go to Hornets games, there's usually a good, strong contingent of Mavs fans at the Hornets games. Like I've okay. met, I've, I've met Mavs fans at every single Mavs oh, Hornets wow. game I've go to. Nice. So, Excellent. Yeah. What, what's the arena uh, in Charlotte? They just changed it. It was. It was Spectrum, right? It was. Hold on. It was Comcast. Now it's Spectrum. Oh, okay. Spectrum. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically. The Spectrum Center. Uh, so, if you have any complaints with it, you're on the phone for at least like two hours. Or... <laughs> Some, something like that. <laughs> that that that's my internet provider. So, uh, yeah, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, we have a question from Christopher. He actually DM'd me this one because I don't know. He wanted to me this. I think it was a long question. Um, he says, uh, one topic I feel like is not getting enough attention and it could be irrelevant is how owners are prioritizing money. Um, I'm curious which owners like the Rockets, uh, you know, have been hit hardest, you know, by the pandemic. 
will it impact their team's payroll? So, and how would, you know? Most certainly. I mean, right now we don't know what the, the cap space situation is because, I mean, ultimately we showed, I mean, I hate being like the guy that talks about ratings because ultimately I think it's a pretty mute point because A, people are downloading things more than ever. Like, I don't know if the NBA is talking about how many people are using NBA League Pass, but ultimately like that TV money is not as valuable, say, as football, but granted there's a lot less games. And when you're negotiating new deals, all this stuff, all the while, like you have a bunch of franchises that are looking at potentially having a season without fans and they feasibly cannot do that. Like they absolutely, like there are, there are teams that would not exist had it not been for the success of other teams in their new stadiums. Yeah. Like I do not think the golden state warriors can continue with their specific payroll and a brand new stadium that has no fans, especially since their two best players got hurt last year and this pandemic's happened. So it's like, I mean, we, we have no idea if, if basically you're now going to say like, okay, if you had X budget before this pandemic, but now that budget is now with three fourths of your income basically cut from it, you're going to have a different budget to work with as far as hiring and obtaining new talent for certain. So I would imagine smaller teams getting rig- rid of bigger contracts. That would be my first guess, but that's... Yeah. But who knows? Maybe even the bigger teams are going to be like, well, you guys going to have to cut bait. I don't know. As a non-billionaire, I have a hard time uh, <laughs> thinking, about billion, thinking about billionaire problems. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Well, oh, I don't you... feel bad for them. I'm just no, saying that's probably like... what they're thinking. No, no, I definitely agree with you 100%. <laughs> and he was, he was also wondering if there would be like any unique trades that would save owners money that normally wouldn't happen. You know, I think... You know, probably like trying to shed, you know, big contracts is probably the big one, you know. Yeah. And they, th- and they thought about maybe outsourcing, you know, just trading for a couple of European players. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> They're like, tell you what, we'll give you Wiggins. Just give us your best player on Madrid. We'll figure it out. Unprecedented <laughs> trade. That would actually be kind of cool, actually. I don't, I don't know how the fuck that would work out, but. That would actually turning be... into soccer in the transfer market that I absolutely right. do not understand. I'm like, this isn't a trade. Like, they're not. They're just selling people, but then like they want to. Tr- it's not trade because you don't get anything in return, but then you can like pay money to then negotiate. I don't know. It's weird. It yeah. And it's all in pounds, so it's like not even <laughs> pound <laughs> euros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question of the day uh, comes from Thomas, uh, one of Don's friends. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> he asked, uh, "Who on the Mavs eating the most soup? Literal soup during the off season?" <laughs> um, Bowen, I just feel like Bowen would just mm. eat a yeah. shit ton of soup. I'm sure he eats a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> by sheer bit. volume, probably Bowen. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a safe bet. Bowen's um, my answer for that. One. <laughs> that's a remarkably tame question from Thomas. I know. I was, I was like, I was reading something like even way worse, but that's that's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, those are all the questions we have awesome. this week. Fantastic. Bibbs, thanks for jumping on with us today. Uh, everyone, you can check him out at bibbscorner.com, uh, at uh, Bibbs Corner as well on Twitter. Yep. Okay, yep. fantastic. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming on, man. This has been super fun. Yeah, dude. Uh, thanks for sharing your uh, infinite basketball wisdom. Uh, blur- 
the more I've learned about you, the more I'm happier that we've had you on the pod. So thank you so much yeah. for jumping on, dude. No, definitely. Thank you all again for having me on. Uh, always, always willing to have you guys on my side. Oh, yeah, well. man. We need to do that. Careful. So, we'll uh, take we'll, you up we'll, on that option. We'll make it happen. <laughs> well, right on, Sweet. Cool. Well, uh, for you can find Ruben at Reddit Mavs. You can find me at Don underscore Denim. This has been the Hoops and Hefeweizens podcast. Y'all enjoy the rest of your weekend, your week, your day. Rejoice. <laughs> Bye.